going to open um, to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 9. Uh, we're going to read verses 16 through 21. And it says, Tomorrow about this time I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the hands the hand of the Philistines, Philistines. For I have looked upon my people, because their cry is come upon me. And when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said unto him, Behold, the man whom I spake to thee of, this same shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray thee, where the seer's house is. Verse 19, And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me into the high place, for ye shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let thee go, and will tell thee all that is in thine heart. When I read this, it is pretty incredible if you could put, your, uh, put yourself in Saul's shoes. All this is happening really fast. He's, he has no idea what he's really getting himself into. Anybody been there? <laughs> Lord, I want to do whatever you want me to do. Okay, <laughs> you're about to meet somebody. And he has no idea, and suddenly he says, I- I'm looking for this man. I don't know, the, the, this seer. I am him. You just came face to face with your destiny, bro, right now. You may not have been looking for it. You're just looking for some donkeys, just going about your daily routine, and suddenly you're face to face with your destiny. Verse 20, And as for thine asses that are lost there, that are lost three days ago, set not thine hand on them, for they are found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on thee and on all thy father's house? Verse 21, And Saul answered and said, Am not I a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, and my family the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Wherefore then speakest thou so to me? If you'd skip over to 1 Samuel 10, verses 20 through 21. It says, And when Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, the tribe of Benjamin was taken. When he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of Matri was taken, and Saul, the son of Kish, was taken. And when they sought him, he could not be found. In verse 22, Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, If the man should yet come thither, and the Lord answered, Behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. I want to teach just for a little bit on among the stuff. Saul is a very interesting figure to me. He, he's one of the saddest stories in the Bible, I think, because it, it starts out so profound. He, he is head and shoulders above all else. He is good, good looking. He's got everything going for him. He is, he's the guy that you see in high school that you just go, really? Dude, why? Did, why? why couldn't I have that? And you just kind of resent him because he just, he just has it. And what's incredible is that he actually did not think of himself like what everybody else would view him as. When this happens, the, the prophet comes to him and says, hey, guess what? You're the man. The people wanted a king. And you're it, dude. And he goes, why are you talking to me like this? I am a Benjamite. Do you know who I am? If you're so wise, if you're this great prophet and seer, you're, you're, you're going blind, man. Like, this is crazy. I am even the least of my family in the tribe. 
What are you talking about? And And the prophet says, no, you're who I've been sent to find. And all this happens, the ceremony, and they're, they're getting things together. They're going to they're gonna announce this, this young man king. And they go to announce him, and they can't find him. Where is Saul? We just, God, you just told me that this is the one. You need to help me right now. If you're the prophet, you're looking going, oh, goodness. I, I, am, I, am I losing my, my vision? Am I losing my connection to God? Samuel doesn't, he doesn't worry. He just says, you know what, he, he's, he's around. He's around. And they go looking for him. Well, let's, let's go. There's a banquet. This, this is the moment. Your moment to shine. And he's nowhere to be found. And finally they find him. And where is he? He's hiding among the stuff. You see, his viewpoint of himself was so small, it didn't matter at that moment how great the anointing of God was going to be on his life. You're called to be a king, bro. Step up. Let's go, man. Let's do this. But no, I can't do that. I, after the, after the, the shock and awe wears off where the man of God comes and prays for you and prophesies something over your life, and man, it just goes right in line with what you've been feeling, and suddenly the rubber meets the road and you have to step up to the plate, what are you going to do? Saul, where are you? Well, you don't understand. I started thinking about some things I've done. I started to think about the fact that I have really bad insecurities. I started thinking about the fact that, yeah, everybody else sees me as this tall, good-looking, great young man, but I can't even look at myself in the mirror because of fear of who and what I am. The stuff. What does the stuff represent? Insecurities. He found comfort in his insecurity. That's a dangerous place to be. It, it, ten people could line up and, and tell you, Jeremy, you're going to be this, you're going to be that, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, whoa, it's going to be great. And after the tenth person leaves, you go home alone and they don't go home with you, what are you thinking about? Can I just say, I believe it matters how you think. What you think about yourself when no one's around matters. Your anointing on your life can be so powerful. It can be incredible in a church service. And the moment I go home, when when no one's around, it's just me and my thoughts. Where am I? I'm hiding in the junk. I'm hiding in the stuff. Get out of this stuff, Saul. It's time to step up to the plate, man. This is your destiny. This is your moment to shine. Where are you at? I'm the least of the tribes, Samuel. You don't understand when the man of God comes to you and he says, this, you, you asked me for advice and I gave you advice. But when you hear it, where does it go? Does it go in the comfort pile or the uncomfortable pile? If it goes in the uncomfortable pile, guess what? It's from God because it's going to challenge you. I don't want to live a life of just comfort, coming to church, doing everything that I'm supposed to do and on my stairway to heaven. That's not what this is about. This is about living a life where God's challenging me. God is changing me every step of the journey. I'm not going to have everything all the time right. If if that's you this morning, hey, you might as well understand that ain't going to happen. It's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to be every 
Every T crossed and I dotted. It's not that way. Life happens. Life falls on the just and the unjust. But where are you right now? Where is my feet? Where am I planted? Am I planted in my insecurities and my comfort? Where everything that I am, my identity, don't move me. This is who I am. But I'm challenging you, Saul. The people wanted a king. And how powerful could it have been if this young man that everybody else thought was special and he didn't believe in himself at all and suddenly he steps up to the plate and God always gets the glory because the word says no flesh will glory in his presence. That would be an incredible miracle if Saul, full of all this stuff, you don't understand, I'm nothing, I can't do this. Anybody ever been there? When God has told you, In a dream or a vision. It's so big you can't even tell anybody else. Because they'd point point their finger in your face and say, you are out of your mind. That's your vision that God's given to you? Bro, you're crazy. I know who you are. I've struggled with this the majority of my life. This is what you're going to do. And you get up and you stand in front of the mirror. And all you see is insecurity. All you see are the bad things about you. And the more, the more I think and dwell on it, the more the enemy just comes in and he just, that's okay. That's okay. That's where you're comfortable. That's okay. He's not worried about me as long as I'm comfortable. The moment I step up and say, no, now is my time. Now is the moment. Matthew twenty two fourteen says, for many are called, but few are chosen. How do you go from being called to being chosen? What, what's, what's the, what separates that? Saul, you were called, and now it's time to be chosen. My belief in myself, Brother Capitella at camp made this statement that just wowed me. The anointing only flows... As the confidence in yourself. To the level of confidence in yourself. If you have no confidence. Self-confidence. You have no confidence in God. Then guess what? You're going to get what you're thinking about. Saul, where are you? It's time to step up. You see, we're so worried as as a society about the outward image. Got to keep up this outward image. I've been there. Got to go to the gym, man. Well, I, I'll get up, man, man. I'll go. I'll get up at four thirty. I'll go to that gym. And then the other day, I was talking to my wife, and I was like, "Wow, I don't know if I've ever said with that much, mm, I'm going to get up at four thirty and pray." I'm, I'm just being real with you, because man, going to that gym at four thirty, you're going to see the results after about a month. Oh yeah, and then everybody's going to look at you, and go, "Woo." Man, I want to be like that. Look at that dude. He's motivated. He's passionate. He's, and then you get the guys that go, oh, yeah, he thinks he's something. You know, he's got the big gut and he just doesn't care. He thinks he's special. You're never going to please everybody with the outward image. So why try to keep it up all the time? I'm not saying that we don't need to make good decisions, but constantly our, our society is, hey, you need this new thing because it'll make you better. And, and you need this new thing because it'll improve you. And, and suddenly everybody has a podcast and everybody has a good idea about what they can say on the podcast. And, and I've got a list of them that I listen to. They make me better. 
I wonder if what, what was Saul listening to? Who was he? Who was he really? Who was his friends? Who am I hanging around? What what's getting put inside of me? If your friends in the, the circle that we're in does not challenge us to change, if it doesn't challenge me to get out of my comfort zone, I need new friends. I need a different place to come and worship my God. Why? Because I want to be challenged by the word. Every time Wednesday night we heard a word that was so powerful for our pastor. So powerful. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, this is this Wednesday night. This is Wednesday night. And a lot of times growing up, I don't know if you've, if you've had this, but Wednesday nights were this, hallelujah. You come, you're tired. And you, you, everybody understands because everybody's tired. And the pastor's kind of trying to really dig and really dig. And, and you're trying to get behind him. <laughs> you're tired. But I'm thankful to come to a place where when we come in, it's like, to use a Pastor Jared reference, a filet mignon. It is every meal that we get, it's challenging you to come away from the stuff. Get away from it. God's got a calling on your life. What are you thinking about when you go home? What, are you, what do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself? The outward image. I don't condemn Saul for being afraid. I understand that if you were told you're going to be the president of the United States tomorrow, Brendan, I mean, what would you do? No, and Brendan, he'd be like, give me those white shoes. Let's go, baby. Come on now. Yes. And everybody else would be like, Brendan, uh-uh, no. no. <laughs> but it's okay to be afraid of what God has said. This is what I want you to do. You're human. You're flesh. It should scare you a little bit. But don't run away and hide. Don't step up to the plate. Step up and say, you know what? Babe Ruth used to point where he was going to hit it out of the park. Hit it out of the park. Come on, this is your moment. Who's been telling you you can't do it? Who's been saying that? That's not of God. He, He doesn't come in and say, I don't believe you can accomplish this. No, that's not what God says. God says, I see you. I see what you can become. Stop looking at yourself like you're insignificant. Insecurities can be where I die. Even with the great call of God. I heard this pastor one time say, in heaven, could you just picture with me? There's this, there's this hallway. And then there's this, goes into this storeroom. And in this storeroom, there's, there's towers and towers of shelves and on these shelves are jars and in these jars are promises he said and if you could imagine just being like you're walking in this and you ask what are these and the voice says these are all the things i promised but they didn't believe they couldn't see it happen what's holding you back jeremy what's holding you back from seeing what god wants to happen 
God just needs a vessel. He just needs somebody to say, I'll do whatever you want me to do. It may not look how I think it's going to look. And I may fail. I may fall flat on my face. But I'm not going to hide among stuff. I'm not going to hide in insecurity anymore. The enemy would love to keep me there. But I'm going to get out on that limb. And I'm going to say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. But you have called me. And this process is a process of being chosen to be your vessel for you to work through oh god it's okay to be afraid it's okay to not have the answer it's okay to be lost sometimes don't give up and throw in the towel because suddenly it seems you don't know where god is i have a verse in the bible where he says i don't i don't understand job said i look to the left i look to the right but he knows the way that i take he knows where i'm at this morning Stop looking like a hero on the outside and scared and can't do anything on the inside. Put up the facade. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Are you sure? Yeah, man. Where did this come from to where being open and honest about how I really am doing is such a bad thing? I'll tell you where it comes from. That's not comfortable. That's really uncomfortable to be able to go to my brother and say, I, I don't understand this. I need you to help me. I, I, I don't know about you, but my wife is incredible. She helps me so much. I drive her crazy 24-7. And to God be the glory that, she, that he blessed me with her because she's incredible. I just wanted to put that little thing in there, babe. But... It, I'm serious. God knows what you need. And he blessed me with somebody that challenges me. Stop thinking like that. What are you doing? Man, but I'm comfortable. Yeah, but that's not what God told you. God told you that you were going to do this. And Saul, finally, he, he goes, all right, you know, well, I got I to gotta come out. I, I don't want to let my family down. So it comes out. And he's stepping into this role. He's going to step into it. And, and chapter 10 and chapter 11, some good things are happening with Saul. He's doing good. He's finally feeling good about this. Maybe this is the right thing. And I, I'll trust you, Samuel. And then chapter 13. Saul disobeys the man of God. How do you go from somebody that finally got out from the stuff he, he's acknowledging ah okay I'll, tr- I'll try suddenly he starts feeling good about himself well, I can do this the outward image to everybody else looks good alright let's do this and he disobeys the man of God he doesn't he doesn't do all that the man of God told him to do can I say listen to the man of God in our life Because when God says, this is the anointing on your life, talk about an an eagle that might come and say, hey, you can do this. You don't really need to listen. No. No, I need the man of God in my life because it wasn't very long until he made a drastic mistake. A drastic mistake that now, now starts the downward turn of something that could have been so special. Something that could have been so incredibly 
awesome because he couldn't get rid of the insecurity. He couldn't get rid of what God really wanted to do inside of him. He couldn't get rid of what he thought of himself. And that will lead me to disobedience. That will lead me to a place where bitterness and envy and jealousy stir up inside me. And suddenly I deserve the place that I'm at. I deserve this anointing that's on my life. Because of everything that I've done at this point. Don't hide among the stuff. But when you come out from the stuff, make sure that you let God kill it where it was when you left it. Do not take it with you. He picked it up and he, take, he took it with them everywhere he went from that point forward. 1 Samuel 15, verse 11. I'm just going to reference it. You don't have to turn. It, Saul is now rejected as king. Man, that was fast. How did that happen? We just had a conversation yesterday about what y'all was going to do in your life. And suddenly, today, this is where you're at? Anybody ever been there? Life, one day you're here, and the next day, poof. And the next day, up here. It's like a roller coaster, and you just, what's going on? Did I mess up? Check yourself. Did you mess up? Where are you at? Saul, he messed up. And... Verse 17, Saul disobeys again. And I ask this question to Saul. Why can't you just see what God sees? I know it's hard. I know you're afraid. I know you don't know the next step. But man, you, you just disobeyed and the, the man of God told you. You could have corrected it. And you did it again. You were rejected as king. That anointing on your life. And instead of coming and saying, man, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, 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 I repent. I, I won't do that. I'll listen to you. Instead of that, what did he do? Uh, well, he didn't really mean it. And he goes out and he does it again. Disobedience. If I carry my insecurity, if I carry and I don't give them to God, I don't trust him with them. There's coming a day. Or I'm going to make a choice. And I'm going to look back and say, who was that? That wasn't really me that that did that, was it? Yeah, that was you. You chose that. You chose that path. Because the Bible says obedience is greater than sacrifice. Saul, obedience is greater than sacrifice. The man of God says, I know you don't think too high of yourself. He tells him that. Do you ever tell yourself that? I don't really think too high of myself. I don't think I can do this. Come on, let's. I, 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 when the man of God says, there's a David anointing on your life. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're talking to him. There ain't nobody behind you, man. I'm talking to you. And if I'm going to be just transparent, I think one of the greatest reasons why I, I struggle with that, it's not necessarily believing in the man of God. It's now I have to do some things for that word to be fulfilled. Because so many times the word's spoken and it's just going to, well, I'm going to kick my feet up and watch this happen. 
No, that's not. That man of God that gave you that went through some things to get you to, to give you that. He went through some things. He didn't just, oh, yeah, man, where did that come from? No, he went through some stuff in his own life to be able to minister to you, to say, Brendan, this is what God's going to do in your life. Okay, great. Now, now what do I do? Well, let go of the junk and move forward. Come on, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Move. Keep going. Growing up under a pastor, I, uh, I developed... And I, I had never heard this spoken anywhere else until Bishop Brown said it. And I was like, oh, good, I'm not crazy. Spiritual PTSD. Ever hear the term? It's a thing. You grow up in, in, in church, and if you're a pastor's son, and my story's not any worse than anybody else's, I'm not saying that. I'm just being transparent about my testimony. Growing up, you feel the pressure to constantly be on top constantly there's no room for failure there's no room for mistake you got to be ready you got to be ready and my dad when i was be playing the piano i'd be playing a fast song and suddenly he'd he'd be walking in the front and he'd go change it and sing something slow in the middle of a fast song now he doesn't really know music you can't do that you can't do that but he'd be like change it and you just constantly you're you're struggling and i'm the youngest of five kids and all of my siblings are in ministry. I have a sister that's a missionary. I have two sisters that are pastors. I have a brother that's a pastor. And you grow up thinking, I remember thinking, I don't want this. Because I watched what they went through. I watched every step of their journey. And I said, I don't want that because of what it's going to cost me. I know it's going to cost me something. I'd rather just go down this road because I know I'm, I'm talented. I can do things with it. And they're, they're just going to go through some stuff. But there comes a point in time when God comes to you and he says, I've called you. That song, your goodness is running after me, keeps running after you. He keeps running. Leave me alone. I don't want this. I, no, but, but I know your heart. I know your heart. You do want this. And I remember... I can't do this. I, the calling on my life. And, and for years, I, I would just say, you know what? I'll do enough. I'll do enough. All I was doing was hiding among stuff. And the call of God was trying to pull me out of it. And say, I've put before you a path. I have set before you an open door that no man can shut. And no man can open. All you have to do is trust me. Put one foot in front of the other and just walk. But God, I don't know where my next step. I don't know. It's almost like you don't know how to walk anymore. And he says, yeah. You're just a, new, you're just a baby. Let me lead you. Let me grow you. Because I have a calling on your life. Can we lift our hands right now? <laughs> Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Saul, where are you? It's time, man. And later on, we're introduced to a young man on a battlefield. Saul, where are you? 
There's a, there's a big dude down here. He's challenging you. He's challenging the armies. Where are you? You see, it became a lifestyle to Saul. Hiding. When he couldn't figure out the answer. There's a giant down there, dude. Are you crazy? I'm not going down there. And this little bitty shepherd boy walks up. What's going on? Why are you guys hiding? I, I mean, I'm just a servant. I came to just give my brothers some food, but this is embarrassing. How dare you hide? Get out of here, his brothers tell him. You, you're, not, you're not supposed to be here. Yeah, it's embarrassing for them. Their little runt brothers telling them, dude, get up and do something with your big, big bad self. You got to carry on dad's name. What are you doing? And they're like, dude, get away from here. No, shh, shh, be, David, be quiet. And David's saying, there's somebody down there defying the armies of God. What are you doing? And he goes and Saul, Saul, where are you? I'm hiding because I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can go down there. There's a man that's so big and bad and bold. He's yelling at me. And if I fail, all of my army's going to see it. You see, when you hide among this stuff, it doesn't just affect you. It affects your army. His army was hiding with him. My insecurities are just mine. No, they're not. They affect all of us. If I can't give them to my God and I can't trust my brother, then suddenly when a giant comes, I'm not going to be able to go face him. I'm going to hide behind a rock because that's my comfort. Instead of the rock of my salvation being my comfort, I'll go find some some insecure rock that I can hide behind because I know, I know this one. I know it. It's kept me safe. It's kept me. What it's really done is kept you bound from what God really wants to do in your life. And David walks on this battlefield having confronted a bear and a lion, a little bitty dude. And he says, I'll go face him. Imagine Saul, what he would feel in that moment. I don't know about you, but I'd feel pretty small. But Saul is so far gone. Send him. Go ahead. He's so concerned about his own self. He doesn't even care that if this little shepherd boy dies or gets annihilated. Well, he doesn't care because his, his image is going to be protected. He's okay because that, it's a suicide mission. Go ahead. Let him do it. So worried about your own self because you never let go of the stuff, Saul. Can we stay in this morning? Where are you, Saul? You've become lifeless. There used to be an anointing on your life. There used to be something great that I planned to do with you. But now I've rejected you as king. And you're just going to hide. David goes on and he says, You see, I don't come to you in my own power. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Can I tell you this morning... There's promises God has for all of us. But he, he's not going to force me to reach up and take it. It's my job to say, you spoke to me. And now there's a, there's a, there's a Goliath in my life that i got to face. You can't hide behind the rock and expect God to do it for you. He's not going to. He's called you.